what's up you guys i'm angel the stranger and welcome to my podcast the stranger sessions real quick before we start i just wanted to make sure you guys know that you have the freedom to have your own opinions and convictions i'm just here to share what i believe what i've learned and what i've found in the bible if you could please leave me a review on apple podcasts and if you'd like to contact me head over to my website thestrangersessions.com I post every Wednesday at 12 p.m. on my podcast and whenever I feel like it on my website. But there's a lot of posts on there, so go check that out. Um, Otherwise, live differently and enjoy another session. Hello, my friends. I'm Angel the Stranger and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Do I always say it weird like that? Yes, I do. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to my intro. It's very awkward at the beginning. Anyway, okay. So today I'm doing an interesting subject. Um, by the way, I'm in my room again. Usually I record in my other room because I don't know. I just do because usually my sisters will be doing something in here. Um, but this is like my school room. And so there's nothing to like cushion my voice. And so it's kind of echoey in here. And also I'm sitting on a leather chair. And so whenever I move it like does that. And it's kind of weird. Anyway. Um. So yeah, just a heads up. So today, the subject of my podcast session is about lukewarm Christians because I feel like God has been speaking to me about this thing. Like he's been, when I just started this podcast, I was like doing it like where I kind of had all these subjects in the back of my notebook that I wanted to do like modesty and guarding your heart and like curse words and all kinds of stuff like that and I did that for a while and then I started realizing that oh I just went through this this week let's talk about that and so I'd like look up the verses that God had shown me during the week and then like things that I had been praying about and and, you know I just started doing that and I was like hmm that's really interesting um and so that's just how I started doing it ever since and yeah, so this week I just kind of felt like God is... Well, I feel like I've been thinking a lot about lukewarm Christians for a while now. Not just like since yesterday or anything. Um, because after I started changing um, in 2020, my eyes started opening to things. And I realized that a lot of people that I knew their eyes were not opening to these things. And so now I'm just kind of standing, looking back at them being like, Lord, just open their eyes as well. And so it's kind of, it's like, I just, there's just not a whole lot of people that are pursuing God with the fire in their heart. And I talked about this on my website, um, thestrangersessions.com. I put a post on there about lukewarm questions. And I didn't know I was actually going to do a session about it when I wrote it, but now I am because also, did I forget where I was going with this or where? Yeah. Anyway, I was listening to a conference, like a Christian conference on Saturday and they were talking about, um, the state of the church now or something like that. I know it was about the state of the church. I just don't remember the title of the, of the little segment. Um, but Our church, the church right now is not in a good place. Many, 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 many people are like saying, oh yeah, I'm totally a Christian, totally a Christian. Um, 
but actually they don't even know what being Christian is all about at all. Or they say they're a Christian and they know like the Bible stories and stuff, but they don't know God as their personal savior. And I've been there. I have been there. I was there like last year, the year before last year. I don't, I don't know. Um, I was there and I, I knew all the Bible stories, but I, I didn't know God personally. He was not my personal, I didn't have a relationship with him. And now I do. And I know the difference is extreme. And so there are just not a whole lot of people out there that are actually living every second of life or trying to live every second for, for Jesus. Um, and I've met a couple of people recently, which was really a blessing because I was getting discouraged. That's why I started this entire podcast. I've already told you guys this like 500 times, but, um, yeah, so I met a couple people that you can tell, you can tell that they're on fire for Christ and they just want to do the work of the kingdom and they're striving to put, um, God's will before theirs and, and taking up their cross, cross daily, um, for him. And so I just wanted to assess this situation, um, so that maybe I could help you guys if you're in that kind of situation where you don't really know if you do know God and you're like, I am a Christian. Like, I, if you asked me if I was a Christian back then, I would, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm saved. I'm definitely going to heaven. And maybe that's a situation you're in as well where you, you know you're in heaven, you're saved. Um, yeah, and you're, you know the Bible stories, you know the stuff in the Bible, do not lie, do not steal, those kind of things. But are you actually pursuing a personal relationship with God? Or are you lukewarm? Um, yeah, so let's jump right in. I have um, passages today and a big chunk of them. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I just collected a big piece of a lot of passages from the Bible. Okay, so I'm going to be reading about in NLT. But I read all these passages in King James Version, I believe, before I read it in NLT. NLT is just kind of translating it to our language. Um, and so if you want to open up with me or if you'd like to read it in your own version, that would be really great so that we can... Because, I don't know, I kind of am learning to trust the NLT, but I always double check it anyway, right? That's a good... It's a good habit to have just to make sure... That it actually says that and sometimes the Bible says something or like my version will say something implying something a little bit different than what the NLT version does imply so it's like yeah anyway Revelation 3 14 through 22 just a big a quick backup story I, I don't know how to explain what I'm saying right now but um, in Revelation where I'm reading from Jesus is talking to the seven churches and he starts from the beginning and he talks to Ephesus, then Pergamos, then Thyatira, or however you say that. Um, but basically the seventh church is Laodicea. Um, and if you guys are like, what do the seven churches even mean? What do they even mean? Like, who are they? How do we know which one is which? Well, um, I heard that the first one, Ephesus was the very first church. It was, it's a time, it's a specific time. So like the first thousand years of the earth, if you're 
believing in 6,000 years of Earth, and that's a whole entire argument. If you don't believe in that, then you've got a problem because, yeah, there's a lot of evidence against anything other than that. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. Saying there's 6,000 years in the, of the Earth right now, um, starting from the beginning, Ephesus maybe was the first 1,000 years. Pergamos was the second 1,000 years. Thyatira was the th third 1,000 years. Sardis is fourth, Philadelphia is fifth, Laodicea is sixth. Did I miss one? Because I said, there's, it said seven. Wait, I was just literally thinking about this. So then, Ephesus, one, oh, Semirna. Ephesus, Semirna, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yep, yeah, okay, seven. So, we are the last church. We are Laodicea. Our time right now where we're living in, our our generation, and maybe the entire thousand years that we're in right now, that I've heard that that's Laodicea. And it's kind of like if you read that passage that Jesus is speaking to us, if we're Laodicea, um, he's saying things that really describes the church today. Um, Revelation 3 14, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. That's Jesus. Um, verse 15, I know that I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Really quick, I'm going to say um, hot, on fire for Christ, cold, nowhere near that. I wish that you were one or the other. He would rather that you were either on fire or not at all. Because, listen to this next part. Sometimes Jesus is like, almost has a humor. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I have a story for this. Not a story, just an explanation. Has your mom ever done this when you're feeling really nauseous or queasy when you were a kid or whenever um, and you weren't quite throwing up but you were just sitting there feeling absolutely disgusting and she would make you drink a cup of warm water? Like it wasn't cold, it was not room temperature, but it wasn't hot. It was like somewhere in the middle of room temperature and hot. And when she made me drink that, I just like, yeah. <laughs> It worked. It worked well, and then I'd feel better after throwing up. But basically what Jesus is saying right now is he's like, I wish that you were either cold or hot because you, as lukewarm water, make me want to throw you up. That's how disgusting it is to him. Um, and then verse 17, you say I'm not, I, I'm sorry, sorry, I can't read, and I can't speak either. 17, you say, I am rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. And I wonder what Jesus is like w symbolizing. When he's speaking of this gold and white garments and ointment. Maybe gold. I'm just speculating here. Maybe gold is. Mm, 
salvation because it's been purified by fire but I'm not really sure um white garments would be like maybe his being justified by his glory and by like what he's done for you and ointment maybe just like the opening of eyes so you could see things I don't really know anyway Verse 19, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Um, did you know, like, I guess, I'm not really sure where I learned this, but, like, parents who don't love their children don't really care what they do. They don't really care if their kids listen to bad music. They don't really care if their kids go out and do things that are... Sorry, I'm like playing with my necklace over there. Sorry, I forgot that you guys can hear that. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care what their kids does. None of their business. If their kid gets into some kind of mess in their life. Because they don't love them. They don't want what's best for them. But parents who love their kids and want what is best for them and want their kids to grow up and be wise and, and be able to see the difference between evil and right so they can live a good life. You know, you, they would punish those kids just okay, no, you're not listening to that kind of music for that. You are grounded from your phone for a week, hand it over. Or, you know, because bad music's bad for you. And that's why your parents don't want you to listen to it, if, if your parents don't want you to listen to it. Anyway, I'm just saying, people who don't love their kids, they don't punish them. They might, they might get angry at you if you do something that's, like, what's it called? Um, inconvenient to them. They'll get, they might get angry at you. And like, you know, a lot of kids have that and physical abuse and stuff. They get, because their parents get angry because of something inconvenient or something like that. But they don't actually discipline you and, and correct in love. That's what Jesus does. He, he disciplines and he corrects us in love. Um, not because he's angry with us and, and wants to punch us in the face. No, he just wants to correct us and discipline us because he loves us. And he says so right there. Um, verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So, lukewarm Christians. Those who are neither on fire for Christ, but those who are not cold and rejecting Christ completely. Those who say they are Christian and might be saved, but are really not showing it in their lives. And really not, really just not being or walking in the way that Jesus has set for us as an example. Um, moving on to 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4. Well, let's see. You know, it's funny. I I tell you guys that you can open up with me, but what I speculate at this moment in time is that you do not have your Bible open with you. And if you do, that's awesome. But I would think that most of you do not. <laughs> Because I know what it's like to be a person. And honestly, I personally probably would not open my Bible along with myself. Anyway. So, 2 Timothy 4, 
verses 3 through 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. So, many, many churches today are like this. They um, cut out subjects that Christians don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about hell. They don't want to hear about sin. That's offensive. They don't want to hear about negative things. They just want to go to church and hear that God wants to bless you. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have your dreams come true. That's what they want to hear. And that's that's great. God does want to bless you. And God does want you to be happy. But not after your own desires. He knows better. And and yes, sin is a big part of life. You need to hear about it. You need to know how, why we have it, why it's a it's a problem in our world. You need to hear about how we can fix it. Um, and hell is real. Hell is very real. Hell is realer than you and me. But we we need to know about hell so that we know we can know why we need to you know tell people. Because the Great Commission, you know, you know, in the in the end, when Jesus left the earth, what was it that he told five hundred of his disciples? Go and tell all people, all nations, about Jesus Christ. And if there's no hell, why would we tell anybody? No, if everyone's going to heaven, why would Jesus even tell us to go tell everybody what he did for us to save us from the fiery hell? There would be no, there would be no point at all. So, like, we can't just omit hell from the equation. That's what a lot of churches are doing because Christians just don't want to hear about it. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable and, you know, it just doesn't make them feel happy inside. And this, this is not about feelings, people. This entire Christianity thing, not about feelings. It's about, like, not feelings. Feelings is of the flesh, so... Is about the spirit and the spirit, yeah, not feelings. Okay, moving on. Second Timothy chapter three. Now we're going backwards. I'm sorry, I do this. Um, one through five. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves. Have you guys ever seen that? That people just are so self-centered. No, me neither. That was a joke. Okay, moving on. Um. And it says, and their money in this translation, but my King James Version doesn't say their money. But yeah, people love their money today, so I don't know. Um, They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. So, disobedient to their parents. I don't know. A lot of kids today, teenagers today, are not obedient to their parents. What does it mean to be obedient to your parents? To listen to what your parents say. And if you don't fall into this category of people who listen to their parents, then you fall into that category of people who do not listen to their parents, thus making you be disobedient to parents. And obviously, I don't listen to my parents all the time because I fall and I, I sin. But I strive to. And and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that obeying your parents is a, is a, it is important in the walk of a Christian teenager, um, being obedient in, like, whether you're allowed to have social media or not, a lot of people I know have, well, not maybe a lot, I don't know, some people I know have gotten social medias behind their parents' backs, and they're using that, and that's terrible, terrible thing, that's a stumbling block, especially 
if you're young and not very strong in the way, then, well, if you were strong in Christ's way, you wouldn't get a social media if your parents told you not to. The, the point being, God expects to expect, but little told you I can't speak, expects us to obey our parents because he set them up for our authority and he tells us to obey them. And so you don't want to fall into this, um, cat these categories that Paul's listing right now about the people in the end times, um, continuing, and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. So ungrateful. We need to be thankful for what we have. We need to be content with what God has already blessed us with instead of always being envious and jealous of people around us. And you may be like, my, uh, well, my pastor said this on Sunday and I was like, whoa, or maybe it wasn't my pastor. I don't remember who it was, but somebody said this and, and I know it was God. And, and, and you might be like, well, I'm not really envious or jealous of people really. I'm really not because I'm not either. I'm not that often jealous of how much money someone else has. Okay. Maybe sometimes, but I'm not usually like super envious of people. That's just not me. But that also means of your body image, the body God gave you, um, the personality he gave you, the face you have. So many kids, so many kids. I'm so ugly. Oh, you're so much beautifuler than me. Oh, I'm so fat. I'm so short. No. Ungrateful. Ungrateful kids. God gave you that. You're his temple. Be happy that you are you. You, you need to change that right there. You need to change that outlook. Um, I only have 10 minute, more minutes left. I'm taking too long. <clears throat> they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will be, they will, okay, hold on just a second. Um, a lot of people I know as well. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to, okay, a lot of people, I should prep, I don't know. I just feel bad that I keep saying people I know because if there's somebody that I know listening to this podcast, you're gonna be like, wait, what? Wait, what? Okay, people, a lot of people, young people, um, don't realize that part of being a Christian is being loving and forgiving, especially to siblings. Um, a lot of times people, okay, just younger sibling walks into older sibling's room. Older sibling, get out! Get out right now, you nasty blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not loving. That's not loving at all. And if that younger sibling accidentally does something, you know, that older sibling, again, those nasty words and name calling and um, unforgiveness of their... That's not Jesus. That's not love. We're commanded to love, and I'm going to get to that. But that's not. Mm -mm. Okay, moving on. Again, not saying I'm perfect. I fall as well, and I have a younger sibling, and I feel like that's somewhere that I really need to change. Is I just kind of have a bitter heart sometimes about things, and and also I do say kind of rude things and kind of attitude. You know, I need an attitude adjustment. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying that, just pointing that out. Okay, they will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray friends. They and be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious by going to church and saying they're Christian and stuff, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. 
They are kind. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win. Oh. Okay. I was supposed to end. Okay, I was supposed to end at verse five. <laughs> if you want to read the rest of that, go ahead. Um, moving on to Matthew five thirteen through sixteen because I'm running out of time and I'm not even halfway done. Okay, I don't want to say that because they're gonna be like, "Oh man, I'm not even halfway done." What are you talking about? Okay, thirteen verse thirteen. Where is? Where are you? Where, okay, there you are. You are the salts of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Have you ever had like a really good meal, but it just lacked in salt? It's just not good. And, and if you don't have your flavor, what use are you? You're just like some kind of pebbles that are like sand that doesn't, you know, you're going to be useless. If you don't have your flavor. And, what, and I guess Jesus is saying here that your flavor is like. I don't know. Do you get it? Do you get it? That your, your flavor is like your fire for Christ. Um, 14. You are a light of the world. You are, are the light of the world. Sorry. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So, here's something that I was thinking about. So many young people today are supposed to be a light to the world. We are told to be a light. We are, you are the light of the world. There you go. So... We're supposed to shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, yeah? And so many... And the world is darkness. The world is in the dark. Complete darkness. And we are the only thing that can offer that light that everyone needs. But so many young people are, are trying to dim their light. To be the closest to the dark world as possible... Without like completely going out. They don't realize it, but they are. There's that line between the church and the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. That's that's a verse in somewhere. I don't even know. In the Bible. Yay. Okay. And so many young people, maybe not even young people, old people as well. Just people are trying to inch as close and as close as they can to that line between the world and the church until you're kind of confused. Don't really know the difference. And just like teenagers will pretend that they're not even Christian when they're with non-Christians. Is that part of the Great Commission? Go out and when you're with non-Christians, pretend to not be Christian because, because? No, that's not at all. It's supposed to go out and teach all people, all nations about what Jesus did. And, or people will not even know that they're Christian. How sad is that? That we're the light of the world, but we've become so dark that non-Christians can't even see that. 
Mm -mm, they can't they can't tell and if you told them you're a christian they'd be like oh really wow and then guess what they're not really interested because you're the same as them so why would they need to be saved if you're doing everything that they're doing you know that kind of thing <sighs> next passage romans 12 9 don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. I got an email a couple days ago saying, asking me to do an episode on being jealous of the world and like people who are able to do things that we want to do, but we're commanded not to do. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a good one because, you know, I can relate to that. And you could probably relate to that as well. Um... Excuse me, I'm just, I have an aluminum can over here. Um, like, sorry, there's also screaming children outside playing, so don't even mind them. But, um, yeah, so she's like, yeah, you should do episode on, like, us being jealous of the world. And I have found a different verse about this actually saying don't be jealous of the world but i don't know where it is right now because that's not the point of this um of this episode but this one says hate what is wrong excuse that my sister came in <laughs> um it says hate what is wrong don't just be like Oh, yeah, I won't do that because Jesus says not to, but, oh, man, I wish I could. No, we're supposed to be like, man, I despise that. That is disgusting to me. Get me as far away as possible. Like, we're supposed to hate that because God does. And so what are we doing to be like, oh, I wish I could wear those little booty shorts that all the other girls. No, I hate those. Ugh. And that's not true. I need to learn to hate them because, honestly, I think they're kind of cute. And I wish I could wear them sometimes. But... If you don't know why I don't wear them, go ahead and listen to my modesty episode. But, like, I need to hate, like, and I've been trying to get into that where if I see something that I want, but it's a fleshly desire, I need to be, oh, man. And I, I quickly stop that. I quickly stop being jealous. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm commanded to hate that. And, yeah, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. So we are commanded to actually hate the things that God does not want us to do or what is wrong? Um, yeah, so we need to hate that. Um, Matthew, am I running out of time? Yeah, I am running out of time. Um, I don't know if I have time for the rest of these, but first, uh, Matthew, Matthew, I said Matthew, right? Okay. Matthew sixteen twenty four through twenty eight. Eight. Where is it? 24 through 28. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must take up your own way, take up, oh, give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. 
1 John 3.18. Where's 1 John? I'm not seeing them. Oh, here they are. 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. So don't just talk the talk. Live the life through your, you know, actions and, and through your words and not, well, he said not only your words, but your actions as well. Um, so you need to live the life and not just say that you're a Christian. You need to actually live like that. Um, Galatians 5, this is my last passage. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is your benefit. I just read the wrong verse. That's really funny. I guess I like that verse though. It was interesting. <laughs> Say we are crazy. We are crazy. Okay, Galatians 5.13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, by the way, neighbor does not just mean the person who lives in the house next to you, but just anybody around you. All people, others, anybody, just everybody. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So if you've been asking, like, how am I supposed to be an... I'm not lukewarm. How am I? And let your Holy Spirit guide your life. So that's the answer right there. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So that's a very clear message that you are not obligated to live following the, the law that's in the Old Testament. But you are, we are free. We are free. And if you guys think that I should do another session on that, I feel like I've already covered that in one of my sessions. Um, but Paul quickly says at the very beginning of this passage, don't allow, don't use the freedom from that law to fulfill your flesh desires. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This is verse 19. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Sorcery. Take note. <laughs> Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, self-ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I think the King James Version says rioting in, instead of wild parties. Um, let me tell you again, as I have been, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. 
Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Twenty-five, Verse 25 sums it up real well. Just like, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And that's a wrap, you guys. And it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter to whether you need to label yourself and figure out if you are lukewarm or not. No, you don't need to worry about whether you are lukewarm or not. If you're worried about about it, just stop right there and just ask the Spirit. Just ask God to to start leading you in the direction that you need to go, or just to continue leading you if you've already started that way. And you don't need to worry. Am I lukewarm or not? Just Ask God, tell him that you would like to become on fire for him and, and he will take he will take that opportunity um, in an instant, I believe. And yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Um, let your light so shine. That's why I always say live differently before I say peace out. Uh, just live differently. Let your light shine. Help people to see Jesus in your actions. Um, Yeah, live differently and peace out.